In today's episode, we're speaking to Douglas Vermeeren, who has personally interviewed business leaders and companies like Nike, Reebok, Fruit of the Loom, FedEx, American Airlines, to name but a few. He's also the producer and director of four out of the top 10 person development movies ever made, and now the new hit film, How Thoughts Become Things. Douglas has authored three books as well, and his training programs share strategies of how to uh, to connect with the highest level achievers to expand your network and grow your business. He is award-winning entrepreneur and wealth of training programs have been rated among the best in the world. And today, Douglas is going to be sharing with us how a the age of 19, he changed his mindset to change his life. Let's find out how. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And guess what? I have a treat for you. I have the amazing, the absolutely genius, and someone I completely admire and look up to, Doug Vermeeren. Welcome, Doug. Hey, it's good to be with you. Thank you so much for coming, Doug. I know you're a very, very busy person. You have done all these amazing things and all the fabulous things people have heard on the, on the intro. But um, but thank you taking for taking the time out and speaking to us. Doug, please, in your own words, tell everybody what it is that you do. <laughs> as little I know as you po- do a million things, but <laughs> yeah, like I, I, do it, I do as little as possible and I delegate the rest because the reality is I try to be productive. So that's it, right? I have a really good team. I honestly don't do as much as people think I do. <laughs> but what is it that you do? What is it that you would say you is a passion? Well, here's, here's the deal is I love to build and sell businesses. And I also do a lot of training and teaching in the areas of money, especially, uh, side hustle, especially. And then I also own a variety of portals and, and things that help people who have a message that they'd like to share online. So wonderful. And we were speaking off camera about your experiences, which are vast. I think we only have that three of these episodes to include all of them. But let's get started. You mentioned the fact that you made your first million when you were 19. So tell us, right. where did you, yeah, but you didn't, like myself, you both, you also grew up with a poverty mindset. So tell yeah. me, how did you work on your mindset? How did you get out from that, um, you know, that poverty mindset? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So here's the deal is I was raised in the poverty pattern. And so that was my programming, mm-hmm. be in the rat race, work yeah. hard. But the reality is, is, um, is somewhere inside me, I knew that there could be something different. So I had an awareness because I'd seen wealth outside of me that I knew that mm. it could be created. I just didn't know the how. Yeah. And so kind of what happened when I was uh, just prior to my 19th birthday, I got uh, the book Think and Grow Rich mm-hmm. and How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. And as I read that book, I came up with a desire, if you will, to start meeting bigger people than, than who I had surrounded myself with more. Mm successful people. And you know, the saying it's, um, you know, that we become like the five people we spend the most time. Of course, time the five people we interact yeah, with. Yeah. So if you hang out with four losers, you get to become the fifth, right? Yeah. And, and the reality is, is we've heard so often about, you know, mind programming that mm. they say a lot of our programming is done by the age of three or five or seven, or depending on whose research mm. you read. 
But that's total bull crap. Because if you think about it, if you're becoming like the people that you spend the most time with, present tense, spend, mm -hmm. that means that your programming all the time is changing. Mm -hmm. So if you just change the people that you're going to hang out with, it can have a big influence. It can, so absolutely. What I, what, I, what I started to do is I started to, you know, this idea, they say, take a millionaire out for lunch. Yeah. So I met this guy who was part of our church and in our community who was a millionaire. And instead of taking him out for lunch, I started meeting with him every single week. Oh, Okay. Yeah. And, and so he started to, to shift my mindset and I began to think more like him. But here's the funny thing is uh, after meeting with him for, for a while, he said, you know what? There's one question you haven't asked me that's going to change everything. And I said, well, what's that? He says, you haven't asked me who else I know that you should talk to. And so wow, a powerful him, question. Yes, yeah, it is. I asked him this and all of a sudden I started getting introduced to more and more people. And um, I eventually got to everybody from Oprah Winfrey to Richard Branson to some of the biggest names. And that's what really started kicking off my my life. And here's just something when it comes to money, when it comes to mindset, when it comes to anything, if you want to expand what you have, you need to expand who you are. And oh, so I, I really as soon as I started hanging out with these people, I started seeing things in a different light. One of my close mentors was a gentleman by the name of Frank McGuire. You've probably not heard the name, but he was the former VP of marketing for American Airlines, for KFC. He was one of the four founders of Federal Express. Oh, wow. Okay. And so he kind of took me under his wing, almost like my grandpa. And I'll never forget one really powerful money experience that we had that just shifted everything. Now, remember, I've been meeting with all these top achievers. So my money consciousness was expanding like incredibly. In fact, I don't like to use the word millionaire mindset because I think set implies that we're stuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like to use the, the term millionaire mind stretch. Mm. That's the way millionaires are. When they pivot, they grow. And uh, it's funny, I just got a book deal under that title, Millionaire Mind Stretch, because no one's ever really heard that before, but that's what mm. it is. Mm. So here's a scenario that Frank taught me, and I, I, I think this is a powerful lesson for people, especially involved in money. So we were outside a hotel, and uh, we had just spoken inside to a group of people. And as we came out, the young bellboy, he was loading our luggage into the vehicle to get us back to the airport. And he came around and he had his hand open for a tip. And Frank pulled out a $5 bill, held it out, and went to give it to this kid. And this kid took the tip, but Frank didn't let go. Mm. And he looked this kid directly in the eyes and he said, what did I just give you? And this young man said, uh, oh, I don't know, $5? Mm. And Frank said, what's it worth? Mm. And then, of course, this young man just uncomfortable said, well, I, I don't know, $5? Mm. And Frank looked him in the eyes and he said, no. It all depends on what you do with it next. And to me, that was a really profound money lesson as well, that mm -hmm. most people, when they're given money, they don't really think about what the future representation of that money could be. They yeah. think about Here's five bucks, let's go spend it. And, and they really put themselves in this idea of money management rather than money strategists. And mm -hmm. what I mean by that is a manager generally, if, if they get $200, let's say, they match that against their bills. And if at the end they get a little bit extra, they think, victory, I won. That's a manager, right? They fit the puzzle pieces and, and the, the job was to, to make it fit. Yeah. But a strategist is a little different. If they do the same thing and they make that fit, at the end when they get that $50 or whatever it is, their goal is how can I make the next 30-day cycle better for me? What could I do with this money to increase the opportunity that I'll have freedom? Mm. And um, most people never look at it like that. So as I learned some of these lessons from people like Frank and others, it really just changed my perspective on how money is really more of a tool mm. rather than 
I'm not even, I don't even like to use the term resource that some people do. Mm-hmm. It is a resource. It's, it, it, that's not a lie. It is a resource. But what it really is, it's a, it's a seed. Yeah. It's a seed to make other resources. And I think that that's an important part that a lot of people forget. I think that's, oh, gosh, you've covered so much in that. That's been quite um, intense. Oh, we're just getting started. (laughs) I know, I know. But I just want to recap a few things. And I love the, I love the, I've never heard the term before. uh, Thank you for for sharing that. And we will use it from now onwards. I agree with you. Millionaire mindset does, um, does actually, you know, sort of give the impression that your mind is set at that level, whereas it should be millionaire mind stretch because you're always stretching your mind. And you well, should let's, let's add to that too, because if you look at all the top achievers that I interviewed, hmm. uh, they're not perfectionists, they're improvisers. Yeah. And, and if anything, this pandemic has demonstrated that the wealthiest people understand how to pivot. Yes. So when things don't go right and they hit the fan, they always find a new way. They're always inventing. They're yeah. always looking at this. And so here's the deal is, um, I know this is going to sound maybe a little bit off topic, but very interesting consideration here. So when I was doing my interviews with these top 400 wow. achievers, I wanted to interview and understand how a person could really change transformation, mm-hmm. right? Because again, I was in the poverty pattern. How do you really get to this idea of, you know, having everything that you want? And as I studied that, uh, interestingly enough, my answer came from a very peculiar place. I was interviewing a lady who trained suicide hotline workers. Now, she's not involved in personal development at all, which is very interesting, right? So my answer did not come from the personal development world. Mm-hmm. Isn't that like interesting? Enlightening just yeah. to think about, right? In fact, I'm going to write a book one of these days called The Lies Your Guru Told You, because there's a lot of stuff that's being taught that isn't true. Agreed. There's what, plenty of that around. <laughs> plenty of that. So here's, here's kind of what happened is as I was talking to this lady who trained suicide hotline workers, I said to her, you know, how do you help someone shift like that mm. when they call you and they're their deepest point in despair, they're, they're feeling cornered. They feel like they're in, in the, in the greatest moment of challenge. They don't have any choices. They, they feel like they must take their life. Sometimes they've even got a gun beside them on the bed or they're, they've already put a rope or maybe they've even taken pills. Like this is serious. How do you turn mm. someone from that hopelessness into someone who's hopeful? Yeah. I said, what would you say? And she goes, well, there's one thing we can't say. And I was like, well, what's that? She says, we don't tell them, don't kill yourself. I was like, what? Like, that's the first thing I would say. Yeah. I said, okay, what, what do you say? She goes, well, the reason we can't say that is because it takes away their choice. They're mm-hmm. already feeling like they have no choice. So by telling them they, they shouldn't do something, that's impo- reinforcing that. Mm-hmm. So what she said, what we do instead is we help them see that they have a choice, but also see the consequence. So we say, you could kill yourself, but this is what it looks like. Or you could call and you could get help, which is what you're doing. And that's what this looks like. Or tomorrow you could go and do this. And this is what this looks like. And so that was for me a startling principle. And if we equate that to the difference between someone who is broke or in a poverty situation Mm -hmm. and someone who is wealthy, it's just that wealthy people tend to explore and see more choices. Yes. They don't necessarily take the choices because, you know, some things maybe aren't a good fit for them, but the more choices that we can list, the more power we have. Yeah. And so if, if you know how to make money one way, let's say a job, and that's the only way you know how to make money, you've got a limited choice of how you can receive money in your life. Yeah. It's now very limited. In mm-hmm. other words, your job is a prison because it's a one-way street. It's a one-way yep. track. Yep. You can only go to one destination in one way. But if we change that, we start seeing that, oh, this is how we can create 
multiple streams of income, either through a side hustle or through some kind of a passive mechanism, or we learn how to invest, or there's really five pillars on how money's made. That's mm-hmm. business, real estate, investment, intellectual property, or your networks, mm-hmm. right? So if you learn how to make money in all those areas and you can do it online and offline and you can do it through people or not through people and you learn how to build systems so that it happens automatically, well, all of a sudden you're going to see that money starts to flow whether you like it or not. Yeah. And and, and the reality is, is I know this sounds crazy, but everybody always talks about I've, you got to get motivated and you got to dial into your emotion to make money. Well, I'm going to tell you that money doesn't really care. If you've got systems that work, the money doesn't care how you feel about it. Mm. The systems are how the money's generated, not your emotions around it. Mm. Emotions to get motivated to set up the systems, but once they're set up, it really it doesn't care. That's why even this idea. I was talking to a guy yesterday, and he was saying, um, "You know, I'm going to become a millionaire because I've got the habits mastered. I wake up early, I exercise, I eat a proper diet, I read books every day, I stay up late, I work and I hustle all day." And I said, "Irrelevant." Because the reality is, is I have met billionaires and millionaires. In fact, I've got one friend that is a, uh, he's worth about $800 million and he sleeps till generally 11 o'clock every day. (laughs) He does not exercise. And if you see his diet, man, even though he's got all that money, he loves his fast food and Mm -hmm. it shows, Mm -hmm. it shows, right? So you've got to understand how money really is made. And there's a lot of things that are taught out there that are incorrect. Anyways, I know that's a whole lot of stuff we've just that's a that's another conversation altogether. Let's bring let's bring this back again. So okay, so once you've sort of made that success at 19, how did you and you met all these great mentors and what what how did your life shape up? So how did you get to because now you've made all these amazing films, you've have yep. all these amazing um, you know people that you know, are other you know who are like celebrities in the in the year of personal but they're but they're your friends and the people you associate with because they've appeared multiple in your in your films and you've you've got multiple like we were speaking on camera you've got multiple businesses that you work through which is fabulous how do you set yourself up how do you work how do you motivate yourself how do you work through that how do you set your how do you work on your mind to be able to expand and grow constantly because speaking to you makes me realize that's one thing that you're constantly doing just growing and expanding and 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 um, you know not having the status quo because that's too mundane for you how do you carry on going and how do you deal with setbacks I guess there's a lot of answers that come to mind as you're talking. One of them is I don't rely on motivation. Um, okay. The American psychologist William James one talk, once talked about emotion and the core of motivation. Mm-hmm. They all come from the same word, by the way, motion, emotion, yeah. right? And motivation, it's all the same word. But the reality is, is if we rely on just motivation, that means we do things when we feel like it. Mm-hmm. And money is never a result of, of involvement when you feel like it. Like I said, it needs to be systems. Yeah, systems. Because our emotions are just too fragile. One day we're going to feel great. So think of this as an entrepreneur. I've got friends that have this experience. I've had this experience where one day you make like $3,000 and you're like, wow. Mm. And then next week, you're lucky if you make 300 bucks for the whole yep. week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just like such a roller coaster, right? Yeah. Well, and- I think that's, the, that's, the, that's what we've been told only that if you're an entrepreneur, it's a roller coaster ride and be prepared and for the highs and the lows. It doesn't have to be. But my point is, is that if you're basing your decisions around money on your emotions, you'll always fail, mm. right? Because your emotions will always get the best of you. And so instead of trying to establish motivation in my life, I try to establish momentum. Mm-hmm. Momentum is more important, which is just kind of like a habit. Some of you who are listening, maybe you even work out at the gym 
and you know that you need to show up at the gym whether you feel like it or not, right? But as you get the momentum going, then it's, it begins to happen. So what I've tried to do in my life is actually systematize everything about my money-making processes. And there's only two ways that you can ever systematize anything. And that's to either automate it or to delegate it. Those mm-hmm. are the only two ways. And so um, here's the deal is that um, your very best employee on any of this is going to be money mm-hmm. because money never calls in sick. It never changes its mind about things halfway through. It always does exactly what you tell it to do. So, you know, we obviously understand the ideas around compound interest and we talk about that all the yeah. time and it's definitely brilliant and wonderful. But we often, because like some, some who are listening maybe haven't had a lot of experience building wealth mm-hmm. and they assume that that's the only way to use your money to build wealth. Mm-hmm. And so because there's only, there, you know, certain ways that are talked about so often, we assume that the other reasons are, are non-valid. And I'm going to suggest that, you know, if you can learn how to use, again, systems and money, you can become unstoppable. There's really nothing that can hinder you because, again, your emotions can't even get in the way, right? Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, if you were to ask, well, what's the biggest enemy to becoming wealthy? It's immediate gratification. Agreed. That's something I I definitely agree with. And by the way, I will mention here, let's go back to this idea around choice that we talked about earlier. You've heard people say that happiness is a choice. Mm -hmm. Total bullcrap. Not true. Okay. There's lots of people that make choices all the time that lead to really bad consequences. In fact, one time I spoke in a prison and I chatted with this guy who actually shot one of his schoolmates and uh, now wound up in prison and he was there. And at the time he said, I thought it was a good choice. Really? Where's the benefit in that choice? right? It it wrecked your family, wrecked your life, wrecked his family, wrecked everything, Mm. right? So happiness is not a choice. Let me rephrase this. Happiness is having a choice, but being pleased with the consequence. That's what happiness is. It's creating better consequences. So we think that I I absolutely love that. Repeat that again, because it's so profound, Doug. Repeat that. Happiness is actually creating choices that you're pleased with. That's a, a way to say it. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. But let's now talk about money. And this idea of immediate gratification, most people, they make their choices based on immediate gratification in terms of finances, material possessions, heck, even relationships, everything, right? Mm -hmm. In fact, I've got a friend that uh, I'm trying desperately to knock some sense into him a little bit because he's in a relationship that's based on immediate gratification. He's dating this this girl that honestly, she's just there for the cash. And so he's paying it out the door as quick as he can to keep her happy. Well, that's not sustainable. But here, here, here's the thing. Anyways, long and short is, is wealth is built on a vision of your future. It's this idea that if you learn how to pay now, you get to play later with interest. But if you mm. play now, you're always going to pay later with interest. And, and by the way, I've got lots of experiences where I blew it. As a young <laughs> like, again, remember, I was a 19 year old who had zero money that all of a sudden showed up and I had uh, I did $1.6 million in six months. So wow. I had all the money now in my bank account. By the way, just to show you the extreme, um, I once went into a supermarket and I was starving. And this was prior to the money. And I put down a jug of milk 
four of these instant noodles and a loaf of bread, the total came to $4.22. I went through and I ran my little ATM card through and it declines for $4.22. So imagine going from that to having $1.6 million. That's like winning the lottery, yeah. right? Yeah. And so needless to say, for a while, I also went through the immediate gratification stage. Mm-hmm. Now, you want to hear one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me? That's totally- Shoot, of course we do. Of course. Gosh, <laughs> don't hold this against me. But when I first made my first million, so I didn't have cable TV, but I went and bought the biggest television that you could have with the DVD players and the audio and all that. Because I, I love movies, right? Movies is my background. Mm-hmm. And so... um. Here's the deal. After buying that, I would sometimes go into a store like an HMV or a place that sold DVDs or whatever, and I'd bring in a shopping cart and I'd literally pull DVDs off and put them in the cart and I'd get to the entrance and I'd literally spend about five to $10,000 on DVDs. Now, here's where it gets really bad, okay? Okay. One day I got home and I'd arrange them alphabetically. Now, as you know, I didn't even peel the labels off half these, like it was still shrink wrapped and everything, but I would put them away alphabetically in my new DVD library. One day I got home and I put some DVDs in there and I had, get this, seven copies of Adam Sandler's Waterboy. Who has that? Who needs that? It was ridiculous, it was stupid. It was absolutely stupid. But what was happening is I was buying so much that I wasn't even thinking about what I was buying. Mm. I would just walk down the aisle. Oh, that's a cool movie. I'd love to see that. Throw it in the cart. Cool movie. See that. Blah, 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 blah. And so I was making foolish purchases. And Mm. it's interesting that I also was doing that with girlfriends at the time. I was spending money like crazy. I had a girlfriend that one time, no kidding. We're just sitting actually uh, watching television. I said, I'm kind of bored. What do you want to do? And she says, well, I don't know. And I said, well, go fill a quick little bag with stuff. And we'd show up at the airport and I'd just quickly buy tickets to Disneyland on a private plane. Like we would do stupid stuff like that. So anyways, thank goodness for mentors and friends mm-hmm. who helped me see where this was going, mm-hmm. what immediate gratification was doing. Like I was doing exactly what people who win the lottery do. Yeah. And he took me aside and he said, listen, you know what? At this rate, this money is going to last you about another four to six months and you're not making any more in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. So he showed me what I was doing. And he said, we've got to curb this and we've got to do it quick or you're done. Yeah. And so thank goodness he showed me very quickly what I was doing. And I, I have to admit my spending didn't stop immediately. I still, I still was having fun, but now I was much more aware of it. And so I was able to start curving it and bringing it down. And even today, no kidding, I probably spend more money than I ought to. But the reality is, is well, here, here's a funny story too. Um, I was once at a shopping mall at Christmas time. And I was buying gifts for my family and friends and stuff. And so I had already made a couple of trips to the to my vehicle with bags of stuff that I'd been taking in. And, and all of a sudden, I decided I'm going to sit down and have um, a nice little chai latte here. And I'm going to take a look on my phone and see what my bank's looking like. So I looked at it. And all of a sudden, I'm calculating in my head what I spent. I figure I spent about $10,000 already today on Christmas presents and things. And I look down and I see there's no money missing from my bank account. And I'm like, oh, crap, what happened? Is my cards not working and I got all this stuff for free? Like, karma's going to sh- come back and kick my ass on this one for sure because I've, I've stolen all this stuff. Yeah, that would, be my, that would be my initial, oh, my God. Okay, how do uh, I sort this out without getting <laughs> kicked in the mouth by karma? I, I feel terrified because I, I have, like, I know it's at least around 10000 bucks. and nothing's missing from my account. This is crazy. But mm-hmm. as I'm scrolling up, I'm like, oh, I made money while I was shopping. <laughs> and, and and so this is kind of you know in fact it's funny if you google 
number one passive income coach, that's me. So most of my money actually arrives passively. Again, back to this idea of building systems. Yeah. Once the systems are built, the money happens. You don't always even have to be involved. And mm -hmm. so for me, going from somebody who was, you know, just kind of broke and not knowing what to do to all of a sudden even having money arrive without even thinking about it. Like I, I, I didn't do anything that day except shop. And all of a sudden I see that this money is just coming in and immediately replaced what I purchased in the meantime. It was, a, it was a really powerful experience for me to realize that, that money, once you get the systems right, it mm -hmm. can come easier than you, you really can imagine. I think we, as people, we make it difficult. It's kind of like, um, I believe it was uh, John D Rockefeller that once said, he said, most people are so busy. They never have time to make money. And I think that's it is we get into that treadmill of mm -hmm. how we, money is to be created yeah. and true wealth is never an exchange you'll never trade enough time because you just don't yeah. have it you'll never be smart enough because you just aren't um mm -hmm. so it's always the systems and the patterns that create money and so if you I can agree. learn how to build those then hey you're on your way to wealth right i agree i agree i think money needs to come um i don't know if it was in john rockefeller or some uh, it may be uh, warren buffett who said that you know you need to make money while you sleep yes so so it's some if you don't make money to, or if you don't learn how to make money while you sleep, you'll work until you die. That's exactly. what and that's a powerful statement. That when I read that a while ago, it must have been in my early 20s, that statement stayed with me. Now, unlike you, I haven't been, I was a trained lawyer, so I went down that legal route. And um, you know, my idea of making money was through property, like becoming, you know, have property and so forth. But even with that, that's a lot of work. And you know, and my normal day, you know, not to give up your day job. Obviously, the mindset's changed a lot since then, and I have a business now. But even now, at the moment, developing those systems. Now, you know, the first thing when you were saying this, uh, my this is where my, I need to work on my mindset because I always say this: the reason why I share my story on my podcast is because it's my journey, and I'm yeah. learning. So as you were saying this. I was triggered like, oh, that sounds amazing, dog. But how do I develop those systems? Where do I find those let, systems? Let me show you. Let me show you. And, and this was kind of originally taught to me a little bit differently. So I've refined it over the years. Mm -hmm. But I was sitting with one of these mentors when I was about 19, and he showed me something similar to this. Mm -hmm. So let's do a little diagram. And I'm just drawing on a piece of paper here. I'm going to show two people. Um, so one of them I'm going to call the customer. That's someone who's going to give you your money. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other I'm going to call you as the company. And um, let's just do it like this, okay? So okay. you can see, look at my nice little drawings, right? <laughs> oh, you're an artist for sure, <laughs> for sure. The reality, <laughs> the reality is you can only give certain things to your customer. And I'm just going to put the abbreviation here. You're going to give an asset, a service, information, or a sense of community to them. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by sense of community, let's say, for example, we watched the latest Marvel movie. Yeah. Heaven forbid you watch the latest James Bond. I'm a big James uh, Bond fan. I am. I I'm a big James Bond fan. I wasn't I happy with the new I one. I love movies. That's my I ha favorite. wasn't happy with the new one. But anyways, no, that's it wasn't. It wasn't that great, was it? Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, one of my friends that was really close to me when I was doing the interviews with the top achievers was Richard Keel, who is Jaws with the metal teeth. Okay. Um, oh, I know. You have seen him. I remember watching him in the, you know, in the James wrote, Bond movie. He wrote a book. So, but anyways, that's a whole other story. So anyways, sense of community. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, people who go to see a Star Wars or a Marvel or James Bond, they feel like they're part of this community. Mm -hmm. So that's one other thing that you can sell. And in exchange, these guys are going to give you money. Now I've drawn the North American symbol for money, yeah. but you get it. Yeah. So this is the exchange, right? Mm -hmm. Now the reality is, is that 
if we're looking at systems and we could get into a lot of this because I teach like a three-day course on how to really build big money, just understanding this diagram. First of all, there needs to be what we call a fair exchange of value. And just in in brief, um, a fair exchange doesn't mean you give them a dollar, they get a dollar and there's that exchange of a dollar because nobody pays a dollar to get a dollar. No. Right. So you have to create something. That's it's perceived value. It's, it's, it's yeah, the idea it's of the perceived value. value. If you're, yeah, uh, I think I remember this concept in the book. I can't, I think it, I can't remember if it was in Think and Grow Rich or one of the other books. Well, if you go and sell, um, you know, a, a gun to, a, 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 you know, no, what was it? If you sell a fur coat to, uh, you know, to someone, you know, like an Eskimo, that, that they can get make use of it. But if you give yeah. them something like I don't know, um, you know, something which is not going to a be bathing people, suit. like a bathing suit, how yeah. can they get value from that? So if you charge, yeah. uh, you know, a hundred dollars for a fifty pound, um, a, a, you know, coat for and charge them a hundred dollars, that they will get value from. But if you give well, them a bathing suit which is of ten dollars, but give them for five dollars, they're still not going to get value from it. So it's this yeah. perceived value what they can receive well, like, from it. Like water is worth so much more if you're in the desert. Of course. Right? Yes. And, and so, yeah, so we'll talk later about fair exchange of value, how to create those real offers. We'll talk, that, we'll talk about that in money talkies in a bit. We'll have to. But if you can see with this exchange, the reality is, is in order for them to get this asset service information or community, in order for you to get the money, certain things need to occur. And this is the problem that most people never really look at with their business, right? Yeah. What are the steps that need to occur for them to get this? What are the steps for me to occur to get this? Yeah. And these are the elements of where your work is going to be. So let's, let's talk about a few things. First of all, where you've got all these gurus who are saying hustle and grind, and they don't tell you what to do. Mm. This is the answer of what you need to do. You need to facilitate and simplify the transactions and Mm. replace yourself in the transactions. Now, if you can find a system that will either automate or delegate some of these things. So let's just say that I've now gotten rid of three of these things. Mm. All of a sudden, this income stream has become more passive. It's shifted. In other words, income streams are not always either active or passive. It's not black or white, one or the other. It's like a continuum. It slides in a spectrum from active, meaning you working all the way to passive. And and the more that you can eliminate yourself from the equation, the more passive it becomes. Agreed. And so this is how we build systems. We need to find again, like if we're looking at, let's just say payment processing, us receiving money, if we can find a way to automate it, say even online, let's say you're using a service like Stripe. Well, that's not one thing you don't have to do. Mm. You don't have to be on the phone to collect a credit card number and process it because the system does it for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Or let's say, for example, even this idea of sharing this with someone and you're not maybe a good salesperson. Well, you find someone who can sell. Well, you've eliminated that part. You don't have to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it becomes more passive because someone else will do that opportunity. Yeah. So this is how we build systems. But I think the thing with most people is they've never taken the time to really investigate what has to transpire, what has mm-hmm. to take place. And then your job really becomes like, if we're looking at, like I've, I've got a book coming out this year called the six minute workday. Mm-hmm. No kidding. I know this is going to sound crazy, but last year during the pandemic on one of my businesses, we did $14 million, but here's the astonishing part, not the money. But on that business, I generally worked an average of six minutes a day on that business. Wow. Okay. Now, why is that? It's because I was able to build these systems. But what did I do during my six minutes? Now, keeping in mind, I didn't start with six minutes on that business because I had to build the systems. Mm-hmm. So I graduated from that active to more passive. Mm-hmm. And as I got through from you know building the systems, now it was a matter of plugging in the right people and managing. And the majority of my six minutes 
was actually spent as a leader. Think yeah. of it like this as an entrepreneur. Um, most entrepreneurs try to do everything themselves, and that's why they're yeah. broke. You just mm. don't have the bandwidth to, like, again, what was said there is that most people are so busy they can never become wealthy. Mm-hmm. But if your day now becomes, you get the right people in the right place, and you and you're in charge of training them, it's almost as though you're conducting an orchestra. Mm. Can you imagine if you were to go and try to play every instrument, I better run over to the violin. I better mm. run over to the cello. I better run over to the timpani. I better run over to the piano. Your song will be terrible and it will be chaos and it will not have any value to anybody. But if you're the conductor and you put the right violinist there and the right cello person there and the people playing flutes and woodwinds and all these things, and now you give them a vision of what you're to do and you get them to start in the right way, you conduct them and you are spending your time um, supervising these kind of things, you can become wealthy very, very quickly. And yes, you can do it in six minutes a day. Mm. Now, the interesting thing is, is do I work every day? No. So there are some days that even that six minutes didn't happen. Mm. I, I don't need to. Right. And in fact, it's funny because even as we look, I've got people all around the world that work for me and I've got even messages that are coming in. And this is how people report to me. Once they know what they need to do and they get a vision of this and they know what the responsibilities are and the outcomes that they're to create, all they have to do is report. And one of my favorite books that's out there, which I'm going to recommend is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah, I have that. Right. Mm -hmm. Stephen Covey is just a master. And one of the things that he shares in there is a story about um, how he trained his son to mow the lawn. Right. Where, Mm -hmm. in other words, he said, son, this is what my lawn needs to look like and how you get there. These are the rules. But any other thing that you choose to do is up to you. Mm -hmm. So I do the same thing. I don't dictate how they can do it. In fact, here's something that Steve Jobs said, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. He said, we don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. We hire smart people so they can tell us what to do. Mm. The fastest way to become wealthy is once you know what you're selling and identify the transactions to hire smart people and let them make you money. Mm. I agree. Let them make you money. That's exactly it. So hopefully that answers your question about systems, but we could talk for a long time about that. <laughs> I was going to say, let's make a wrap because we have to close this episode now. I'll come so, back if you want me to. Yeah, we need to have you back, Tom. We need to have you back. Tell us for now, where and how can we connect with you online? Wow. Okay, so I've got materials that are on YouTube that are free. Uh, you just type in my name. There's lots of stuff there. Uh, actually, here's something speaking about wealth that everybody's interested in. Um, if you go to Facebook and type in predictable millionaire, we've got a group that's there. Here's one of the things that I did. As we said in the beginning, I went out and I studied 400 of the world's top achievers from big mm. companies. That helped me build my first million. But I always had the questions, how is is a million built, really? And so I actually went out over the course of a decade and I interviewed 700 self-made millionaires. And so in those interviews, I was able to identify all the different patterns that are available to get to a million. Mm. And if you probably read, there's a book called The Millionaire Next Door by Dr. Thomas Stanley. I've heard of it, not read it. I've heard of it though, yes. So, So anyways, my problem with that book is that it's a bit dated. It came out in 1996. Mm. And um, in the book, he talks a little bit about how, you know, the average age of a millionaire is now for him uh, close to the late 50s, 55, Mm -hmm. I believe. Most of it was done with a couple like like a husband and wife, which is very traditional, doesn't exist so much anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of it was done through a job, et cetera. And and most of it took about 10 to 15 years to become a millionaire. And so he talks about all their habits. So there's a lot of stuff in there that's true, that's correct, that is right. But what I found in interviewing 700 millionaires in the day and age of the internet, 
is that it's no longer 15 years. The average no, it's not. time for a person to become a millionaire is on average 24 months. Mm. The average age of a millionaire has now reduced to be in the mid thirties. Mm. Um, there are many, many more fe- female you know, millionaires than ever yeah. before. And so what I have done is uh, like, I've got again, a book that I'm working on that will be coming out soon called predictable millionaire. Mm. The basic runs it by the stats, what I learned about the commonalities between 700 millionaires mm. and how you can do it too. And so here's the deal is that is a group on Facebook that we post on almost every day and okay. it's free. Okay. It's free. And so if you want to join that group, you just type in predictable millionaire and then you'll start kind of hanging out in our community. And if you like the stuff that I teach and share, obviously we've got other things that you can learn from us, but that's a great place to start. Wonderful. So both these links that I've just mentioned, if you're listening to them on a podcast, they will be in the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then down below, you can see in the description section, um, what all the links that we have for Doug. And I definitely recommend go check him out, go and join his Facebook group. If you are on Facebook, I definitely will be joining that group as well and allow him to expand your mind. I mean, he's definitely expanding my mind in the short time we spent together in terms of what's possible for us. And as you and I, as a community, but also what we should be aiming for. It's about, you know, the idea of hustle. You know, you guys know me. I'm not really much into hustle either. But I liked his his ideas of making it predictable and making it almost a no-brainer and finding ways to do it. So it's no longer an option, no longer a wish. It's now a predictable thing that you can foresee within 24 or 36 months, whatever your timeline is, and be able to do it. So definitely go check him out. And he is an amazing, amazing individual. We will be having him back on Money Talkies, absolutely, because we need to um, dig a little deeper in a few of the aspects. But we definitely want to get some more gold nuggets from him. So Doug, please do come back on Money Talkies. We'll have to have a chat with him then. But thank you so much for being on Friday Future. It was fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to me and Doug today on Friday Feature. I will be back another Friday Feature with another amazing guest sharing their experiences, telling us how they changed their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.